0: The Baltimore Ravens had a lot of successes during the 2023 season, but the way that their year ended makes the entire thing a massive failure. We talk about why and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Stryker of Ravens Wire, coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen. Each and every day, we're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching in video form, hit that like button as well. It really helps out the channel. We're growing really fast on YouTube and obviously growing really fast in audio form as well. If you're listening today, wherever you're listening, your favorite podcasting platform, be sure to, if you haven't already subscribe to the channel, follow along and tell a friend, tell a family member that we have you covered five days a week, plus bonus content on Ravens coverage. So news analysis updates, and a lot more. You can follow me on Twitter at at 34 Also trying to start up my Instagram again, so we're we're, we're building that back up. I, I wasn't on it for six months. I decided I wanted to start it up again. So it's the same handle, at 34 So you can follow me over there. I'd Really appreciate that as well. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash LockedOnNFL and use code lowercase LockedOnNFL for first buzz match up to one hundred dollars. If you're listening to this, you probably know by now, right? The Ravens' season ended not the way many wanted it to. A Championship game loss. We're now transitioning to the offseason period where the Ravens will have an opportunity to retool. And what that will look like, we're going to find out over the next couple of weeks, couple of months in fact, we already found out a little bit, is the Ravens have lost some coaches. And I do want to just, it's continuing to wrap up the season almost because I've really, I haven't had a chance to dive into this point yet on an episode because it's been so busy so much stuff has happened obviously the championship loss and then after that it's been coaches leaving coaches coming in coaches being hired and and I haven't had the opportunity to talk about it so I I really wanted to get into just why the Ravens even though they had so much success this year there was so much good why at the end of the day the Ravens season was a massive failure at least to me I know everybody might not agree with that but I'm gonna Air out why I think it was, and then it's not all going to be doom and gloom though. So (laughs) don't don't think it's going to be just doom and gloom all day today here on Locked On Ravens. In the second part of the show, we're going to get into their successes, and even in the first part of the show, we will too. But I want to get into what they can build on. What can they take from their year this year, and how can they build on it for twenty twenty four, and hopefully get further than they were at the end of their year this year. And then we'll get into Zach Ward's press conference. He talked on the lounge on Monday, but ended up getting his actual press conference in on Tuesday, had a lot of interesting things to say. And I want to kind of talk about where I envision Zach or strengths will be as a defensive coordinator. Some things I'm a little worried about in some more there. So another jam packed episode here on the show today. Let's get into it. The Ravens had a lot of, a lot of good this year. A lot of good happened for this team. I think when you talk about it, more good happened than bad, but the bad thing to me outweighs the good. Because in the NFL, as I've kind of talked about, and I've said this before, your goal is not to have regular season success. Obviously, it can be a goal, but it cannot be your main goal. Your main goal has to be to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And that's not going to happen every single season, right? We, we can be realistic about it. The Ravens, though, started off the year, and defensively they were really sound for most, of, if not all, of the year. Mike McDonald had that unit going. Obviously, guys like Roquan, Kyle Hamilton, et cetera, et cetera, But the offense took some time. It took some time to work up to speed. It was a new system. Guys were injured to start the season. Guys got injured at the beginning of the season. And you were kind of wondering, well, how how is this going to look at the end of the season? Can, Can they peak at the right time? And they were doing it. I mean, they got their guys back. They got reps together. And they were peaking at the right time. But then in the biggest moment of the year, the offense moved away from what their identity was. And we talked about John Harbaugh. We talked about Todd Munk. We talked about Lamar Jackson, who did did not play a great game in that AC championship. And I think that's what makes it all the more disheartening for Ravens fans, right? As we watch this team all season long, really find their identity, find their stride defensively. They were awesome. And then they kind of crumble in the biggest game of the season. That's not to say there aren't things they can build on, which we'll again, get to in the second part of the show, but when you talk about an overall an overall goal, it is to win the Super Bowl, especially when you have a player like Lamar Jackson, when you build the roster around Lamar Jackson like that, when you have the coaching staff like that, it's what makes it all the more disappointing to me, right? And and I don't want to necessarily harp on this for the rest of my life, right? It's going to be something I think about for a really, really long time. But again, at some point, we just have to say, dang, you know, it stinks. It's a failure, 100%. But what can they do in 2024 we'll again, be working up to over the course of the rest of the week here on Locked on Ravens? And as we kind of move into the offseason portion of once the Super Bowl ends completely and, and whoever wins between Kansas City and, and 49ers, that'll be that. But for Baltimore, as I've said, if you were to, if you're in every day with me here on Locked on Ravens, you have heard me say it, you're probably tired of me saying this by now. My expectation was the AFC championship in terms of what it could be. It was AFC championship game or bust. But I changed that. I changed it in the middle of the season to Super Bowl or bust, Super Bowl winner bust, because it was such a good opportunity for them. They had a top defense historically in the NFL in multiple different categories, metric wise, advanced metrics. They were historic in multiple different aspects. Offensively, they hit their peak at the right time. We didn't want them. If you're the Ravens, you don't you don't want to peak in November or October. You want to peak in the playoffs in January. We, we thought it had kind of come when the Texans' second half came around and they did their thing, but. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way for them. And now we're just kind of stuck here wondering, well, what if they did what they did for all season? What if they ran the ball, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, it's a really crummy feeling in all honesty, because it just feels like that was the year. It felt like that was the team of destiny, but obviously it it was not meant to be. And that's what makes it so disappointing. So that to me is why it is a failure because Baltimore had, I think the best opportunity in the Lamar Jackson era to win the Super Bowl. Talked all offseason about, hey, you know what, if they do this right and they do that right and they you know this goes their way, that goes their way. Health factor. Health factor was huge. The Ravens dealt with injuries. I'm not saying they didn't. Obviously, you lost Marlin for a couple stints of an injury. Marcus Williams goes down. Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Linderbaum you lose. J.K. Dobbins, Keaton Mitchell for the year. Mark Andrews goes down, right? There were injuries throughout the season. But by the time they were in the AFC Championship game, they had everybody back except for Dobbins, Mitchell, and David Ajabo. Now, was Mark Andrews at one hundred percent? No, he wasn't even close. Was Marlon Humphrey at one hundred percent? No, he he wasn't even close. So I'm not saying that injuries didn't impact the Ravens, even though those guys were not on injured reserve or out for the season, right? I'm not saying that, but considering where some other teams were in terms of health, who they played, Kansas City was down some guys, right? I mean, San Francisco was dealt with some stuff, and obviously. Talk about Detroit. They had some stuff throughout the season, too. I mean, Baltimore was really healthy this year, all things considered. I mean, especially for what we saw over the past, like, four years in Baltimore. It just felt like such a relief that they were that healthy. And I felt like, okay, after all that injury luck, after all those years of, of just being injury after injury after injury, finally they got the health, and that's what's going to be one of the things that takes them over the top. But they, they failed. They did. They did. And we can talk about their successes. We can talk about what they did well, and we're going to get to it. But the end goal is to win a Super Bowl, especially with that team, with that coaching staff, with that roster. You had to take advantage of the Ravens. I'm not saying Baltimore can never get back, right? I'm not saying they can't get back next season. I'm I'm, I'm not taking that approach because I don't believe in it. I think that Baltimore, as long as they have Lamar Jackson, they have a chance. But things do have to change. And I think it's even more disheartening that we kind of saw the same thing that we saw in 2019, just around later where the Ravens got punched in the mouth early and they felt like they had to get away from their identity. And essentially this year in particular played scared. I will say it. Baltimore played scared against Kansas city and thought it was going to be a shootout. They saw the Mahomes offense and company put up two touchdowns. They played the game like they were down 30. They were never down 10. And that's why to me, you, you can live with, a tough AFC Championship loss wouldn't have been great. The season would st- still have been a failure, right? You don't get to the Super Bowl with that team. You don't win with that team. You only get so many opportunities at that. And I think that's why you talk about teams like the Bengals back two years ago, the Eagles last year. Where are those two teams right now? The Bengals had a bunch of injuries. They missed the playoffs, and the Eagles were a disaster down the stretch. They, they were horrendous down the stretch. So it's not a guarantee. That's just a Super Bowl runner up, right? I mean. You, you can understand, okay, it was Lamar's first Asian championship game. And I think that plays a plays a role, right? But I'm not saying Lamar was incredible in the championship game. He wasn't, he didn't play up the standard. But with all the success we saw, with all the feel-good stories we saw, with how much fun they were having, with how locked in they were, it's just so shocking to me that we're, we're in this position. We're not talking about the Ravens in the Super Bowl, but you know what? The way they played, they didn't deserve to go. They didn't deserve to go with with the way they played in that championship game. And we can look back on it. The Ravens can look at it as motivation as a a learning tool, but you only have so many opportunities to to get to where you got. Only four teams make championship weekend. Only two make the super bowl. There's only one champion out of 32 teams. I'm not saying the Rams are going to be the worst team in the NFL next year. I do not think they will. It's going to be very hard to do that unless they are just absolutely littered with injuries. And it starts very early knock on wood. That does not happen, but Baltimore season, because they did not win the Super Bowl with that group, I considered a failure. Does it mean there were no successes in there? No, there were plenty. Does it mean they can't take stuff away from it? No, you can take stuff away from it. But the end goal for a franchise like this that has such high expectations year in and year out with the health they had, the successes they had, the dominance they had as well against top teams, the fact they didn't make the Super Bowl is... A failure. That's what it is. So the Ravens had immense success in 2023, but their season to me was a massive failure. But coming up in the second part of the show, we will talk about what Baltimore can build on from their year and how they can apply that to 2024 to hopefully not repeat the same mistakes. So be sure to stay tuned. We got a lot to get to on Lockdown Ravens. First, this show was brought to you by DoorDash, and I'm I'm a big food guy. Whether I'm trying to get into a game day package like pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, even just buns, or whether I'm a big snack guy too, so the chips, the dips, nachos, everything you need to make your own nachos, DoorDash has everything for you. And with me being a food guy, DoorDash has helped me out a lot. You can trust me on that. And whenever I'm watching a game, if the game goes to a timeout, if it's halftime, if it's a two-minute warning, I know that that's my cue to order in with DoorDash. Really, whenever the game clock stops, I know it's time to order in. With DoorDash, and there are so many options here in the Baltimore area. Whether you're looking at underground pizza or sushi, Honda, depending on what type of food you like, DoorDash has it all for you. You can get 50 percent off of the $10 value when you spend 50 dollars or more on your first order. When you the DoorDash app, enter code Lotterny3. Subject change. Terms apply. Again, it's 50 off of the $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you the DoorDash app, enter code Lotterny3. Subject to change. Terms apply. You can get prepared before game day two. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win. Again, don't forget to use code lock to get 50 percent off from $10 on your first order. Door or now, DoorDash app and spend $15 or more to so change. Terms apply. And this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over three million members. They're the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. is just you against the numbers. You pick more. Then or less than on two to six players, stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in. And we know the big games right around the corner. Prize picks is the easiest and most decided way to turn every game changing moment into 100 times your money, with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Of course, that expires post the big game. So, Apache Mahomes throws more than one yard in the big game. You win. Over on Prize Picks and Prize Picks is really, really simple to play. You can make your picks over there and submit your entry in less than sixty seconds to have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Prize Picks a number one daily fantasy sports app. So for me in this game. I think for Christian McCaffrey, if he, I'm picking more on him. I, I think he's going to have more rushing yards than what Prize Picks has to offer. So I'm getting into that action over at Prize Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown NFL for a first boss match up to $100. And don't forget, if Patrick Mahomes throws more than one yard in the big game, you win on Prize Picks. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're back on our second segment locked on Ravens. Kevin O'Streaker still talking with you here. Yes, I, I said it in this, the title of the show, the Ravens season, in my opinion, the fact they didn't win the Super Bowl, didn't even get there, makes it a massive failure. But that does not mean they cannot take things away. It does not mean that there were not successes in there that we, that we can talk about. I mean, let's start with Lamar. Let's start with how good Lamar was this season. And let's just take the Asian Championship game out of it for a second. I mean, look, I know it's a, it's a part of the season for him, a part of his legacy. But Lamar's going to win the MVP here and he deserves it. He was somebody that I thought showed a lot of leaps and bounds throughout the season. He can take stuff away from that. And he he can take stuff away from the championship game too. I thought that he was, he was trying, I don't know if trying to do too much is the right term, But I don't think he necessarily took what the game was giving him the whole way. We saw Lamar take what the game was giving him a lot this season, and it worked out for him because we know how dynamic he is as a thrower and as a runner, how good of a quarterback he is. And it was such a joy to watch Lamar this season play. I mean, felt like he just had another gear and then another gear and then another gear. He just kept going up and up and up and up. And I think it all kind of came together for him after the bye week, the Rams, he had that what should have been a game winning touchdown drive, but you know, the Rams tied it up. The Ravens still won that game with Tyler Wallace, but then, you know, dominates the Jaguars, dominates the 49ers, dominates the Dolphins. It, it was just such a fun stretch for him. And to be in control in that offense, to have the confidence of his offensive coordinator, for him to have confidence in, in his offensive coordinator. This was year one of Todd Munkin. And, and I think we learned a lot. I think for Munkin, sometimes he can also get too caught up in some stuff and not make the proper adjustments. And, and I think it, it was it was very hit or miss sometimes with Tom Munkin, I think, where we saw a lot of games where he would just, you know, Lions game, Seahawks game, you know, some of those other games late in the season, just domination. And you look at other times, and the Ravens really struggled for a half or struggled for three quarters, and it was a lot of three and outs. And so I think, look. As much as Lamar is learning the offense and figuring things out, Todd Munkin was also learning his personnel for the entire season. And I'm hopeful, I mean, I would assume that the Ravens will be able with Todd Munkin to come back better next season, maybe a new running back tandem's in place. Justice Hill's here to stay. Keaton Mitchell comes back hopefully at some point next season but does Derrick Henry come in? Do they re-sign J.K. Dobbins? Speaking of, it is February 7th today, 2-7. And I guess that, we we'll get. I'll throw that question out quickly. Do you think the Ravens should bring back J.K. Dobbins? You can comment down below on YouTube if you're there. You, you can tag me on Twitter. I, I put a post out on Twitter about it. So, you know, even on Instagram, KyleSherker34, I might put something out on that today here. But 2-7, February 7th with J.K. Dobbins. A really interesting storyline we'll talk about throughout the offseason. But to me, I think that a big part of this is just, having the passing offense continue to grow. We know Zay Flowers is a dude. He's a dog, right? He he is already wide receiver one material and he's going to be one of the better receivers in this league for a long time. But then what do you do after that? I think we saw that the more weapons just around Lamar Jackson with the better he is. And look at that. Something we've been talking about here on this show for how many years now we've been begging, just please surround him with weapons, please surround Lamar with weapons. And you know, look what happens here. Does Odell come back? What do they do about Rashad Bateman's fifth year option? Nelson Aguilar. I mean, that's all stuff that we can get into and talk about as the off season comes. But we saw the the deep ball was working. It's at points for Lamar and Zay flowers. But I think that's an area that Lamar can hopefully work on this off season is the consistency with the deep ball because it worked at some points, but it just wasn't there for the majority of the season for him. And I, and I think that really cost the Ravens in in some key spots I think also you saw two tight end sets. The Ravens can take what they saw from Isaiah Likely this year and really use him and Mark Andrews together and, and hopefully find a way to utilize both those guys on the field at the same time because Isaiah Likely, his breakout was in full effect after Andrews went down and then Andrews came back. And it's it just if everything felt a little rushed, obviously if Andrews can be out there, you want him out there and he made a couple of key catches, but I just Likely was balling out and you want to find whether it's putting Likely out wide or using those guys in line together you have to find a way to use both of them offensive line wise. I think it was, it, w- it was really up and down the, the whole year. Honestly. I mean, Ronnie Stanley was not great for the majority of it. He kind of got it together a tiny bit as the, as the season wound down and I started the rotation, but we can be honest with you. What you can take away from the offensive line is that one, you can't have a long-term rotation at the tackle spots so you got to get guys in there you feel like can play a full season and won't get worn down towards the end does that mean you move on from morgan moses save some money Do you move on from ronnie stanley save some money those are some things now look we know Tyler linderbaum and kevin zeitler they were those dudes on the interior right linderbaum's going to be in baltimore for a long time here and kevin zeitler's a free agent but I would, I would expect him to come back john simpson played better than i thought he would although i don't think he's necessarily the a long-term option there it left guard had a bunch of penalties and you know, so, some very up and down play, but again, better better than I thought he was going to be. But that's offensively, I think you can take away some positives. And with the inconsistency we saw, hopefully, he come back with another full off of Todd Munkin's system, and it gets better. Defensively, it's obviously just going to be keeping the system. We'll talk about that with Zach Ward's press conference coming up here in just a minute in the third part of the show. But you still have Roquan Smith. You still have Kyle Hamilton. still have Marlon Humphrey. You, you found a gem in Brandon Stevens, who personally I would be trying to get extended today, honestly yesterday. But to me, it's the system, right? Calculated aggressiveness, using guys off of the edge. Bend, don't break defense. You can take some short stuff if you're on offense, take some intermediate stuff, but you're not going to beat this Ravens defense deep. The system has worked for them. And it, it'll have its twists and turns and some alterations, the Zach or alterations. But even though let McDonald leaves and, and that's tough, if you keep the system and somebody who Zach Orr has been working with Matt McDonald for a long time here and picking up everything and figuring things out, I think it'll be okay, even though the Ravens lost a bunch of coaches here. So coming up in the final part of the show, we will talk about Zach Orr in his press conference, some stuff he had to say to the media, a lot of interesting tidbits he had. So be should have stay a lot to get to unlocked on, on Ravens. First, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and this next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes you only need an opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small, certain things and really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So, today, I want to say I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week, and I think you know exactly where I'm going with this one. The Ravens needed to run the ball more in the AFC Championship game. It's what got them there, and to have only 16 total carries, not you know, probably 11 or 12 design runs in there, plus six carries the running backs only just it's not enough to get the job done. And against the chiefs defense against the run, that was very porous for most of the season, really all the season, you can't have that happen in the biggest moment when the lights are the brightest. And it's a major, major reason why the Ravens lost this game. And Therapy can be different for everybody. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things out for chess every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's a your online designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. We're back here, our final segment of Lockdown Ravens. Kevin Oshogger still talking with you here on this midweek edition episode again. Thanks so much for being here with me making Lockdown Ravens your first listen each and every day. Whether you are an everyday you've been here with me every single day along the ride since you started tuning in, I really appreciate you. If you're new to the channel, welcome in. I would again appreciate if you, if you like the content, hopefully you do, hitting that like button, subscribing on YouTube as well. If you're in audio form, you can subscribe over there as well. And if you're somewhere in the middle, and maybe you're not listening every single day, but you check in a couple times a week, a couple times a month, really appreciate you as well. Again, we do five days a week Ravens content, even in the off season. We're year round here on locked on Ravens every single week. They have not missed an episode of the show since I started back in August of 2019. Plus we're starting to put out bonus content. Now again, I'm getting active on Instagram, obviously on Twitter. I've been there for five years and have built up a great following there. So really appreciate all that support as well. So be sure to check out everything I'm, I'm a part of. You're also started up on the Ryan Ripkin Show with Ryan Ripkin, Carrikin Junior's son, where we're doing Ravens constant over there. Also some Orioles. So if you're a Baltimore sports fan, you're excited about the Orioles. They just got Corbin Burns, new ownership. You can head over there and check me out. Plus all of our team out over there too. Let's talk about Zach War a little bit because this is and it's an exciting hire. Obviously comes on the heels of a not so exciting move with Mike McDonald leaving the Ravens, going to Seattle as their head coach. Uh, We talked about that. We've really not stopped talking about it here on the show. But Zach Gore had his press conference on Tuesday, had a lot of very interesting tidbits. And and first of all, I was just really excited for the opportunity. Said that he's ready to get to work and it's a blessing. And really it reaffirmed what everybody already knew about him, which is he loves this organization. He loves this city. Said that he bleeds purple and black. And that, to me, it's, you know, his, his journey, right? His journey is he was a three-year player with the Ravens. His last year, he was a second-team All-Pro. I mean, was really on the road to absolute stardom. was already, already honestly, pretty much on on that stardom level, but ended up having an injury that he had to end his career with. And instead of putting his head down, well, he, he credited it, the Ravens and Ozzie and all these guys, Ozzie Newsome, for preventing him from putting his head down. And, and he was in the coaching world for them and, and also in the front office scouting role for a little bit when he just was trying to decide what path he wanted to take post-playing career. And that helped him kind of shape who he is today. But he did say that the interview process for this, he had talked with John Harbaugh on Monday and Tuesday about the role. On Wednesday, he got offered and and he said that you know he, he accepted it. But he said that he started talking to John Harbaugh with that Monday because it got pretty evident that, hey, you know what, Mike McDonald might be leaving and Ravens might need somebody. And that and that's why it was so imperative for them to get somebody quickly. Because as Zach Orr said on the Lounge Podcast on Monday, Mike McDonald wanted him in Seattle. And one, Zach Orr loves the organization. He said it would have taken a lot to get him out of the door of the Ravens and to go to another opportunity. But the Ravens had to move quickly on this because they had so many good coaches. And obviously, not all of them left. They still have guys like Chuck Smith, Chris Hewitt, et cetera. The list goes on. Obviously, Orr is there, too. But in terms of defensive coordinator, guys who were drawing interest as defensive coordinators, Baltimore had to offer one of them because they were getting offers elsewhere. And I think, you know, this is not confirmed or anything. It's just speculation on my part. I think they had to essentially choose between Anthony Weaver and Zach Orr. And, you know, if you want to throw Denard Wilson in there, you can. But they essentially had to choose between those two or three guys, and the two or one that they didn't choose, they were leaving. You know, because Denard Wilson had multiple interviews and a couple offers, I believe. Weaver obviously was in the commander's head coaching mix and then a couple other defensive coordinator opportunities. He could have followed McDonald to Seattle if if he didn't get the Dolphins job. Then you have Zach Orr, who would have probably followed McDonald to Seattle if the Ravens didn't offer him that coordinator job. So the Ravens chose Orr. Kind of the same path as McDonald, a young up and coming coordinator, or I guess a coach who is now a coordinator. And the difference, I guess, is McDonald had the play calling experience in Michigan before coming over. Zach Orr has none. So there are going to be some learning curves with that. And John Harbaugh acknowledged as such during his end of season press conference. But Orr said he didn't really have a process, a chance to process what happened the day before with them losing the AFC Championship. But the, the, the quote that's getting everybody my favorite quote and, and my favorite answer from Zach Orr in this whole entire thing was that he said that he's going to be calling plays from the field. And he said, I got to be on the field. I got to look at these players in the eyes. And I, lo- I love that. I don't have a problem with people calling plays in the booth, right? I, I don't have a problem with it but I do think that there is an extra element to being on the field. And Zach Orr was on the field with those guys. And look, he was a player, right? And I think he wants to be there. And that's kind of like where he feels at home, where it feels natural for him. He's hyping up the guys, getting in their face and, and being excited with them. And, you know, you can criticize there too, you know, it's, it's both ways, but I think just going through the motion, that's what he kind of talked about, right? Feeling was going on, how they're feeling in the game. You can get a better feel of that on the field. And I think that is a hundred percent true. Now, we also talked about getting some more coaches in, in the in the organization right now. The Ravens lost a plethora of them, as we talked about. So he's working right now to get some guys in. Now, speaking of which, but a side tangent quickly, apparently Jerry Rosberg is not coming to Baltimore. We had a whole segment on it yesterday, and all, all for nothing. You can go back and listen to my thoughts on it if you want a good laugh because it's not happening. But Rosberg is apparently not coming, whether that was a money issue or whether it was a role issue. Rosberg had second thoughts. Kind of a weird situation. I don't really know what that was. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the idea of bringing him in. I thought it was a fine hire, but it's, it's no longer happening, apparently. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think Orr had a lot of great answers when talking about this new opportunity for him. I, I'm really excited for him, for him to get this, this chance, right? His, his playing career was cut short. And now this is another, he's 31 years old. You're right. McDonald McDonald was the youngest. Well, he is now the youngest head coach in the league. A lot of people maybe view Zach or if he has a couple of years, more of experience, he maybe could be a, a head coach candidate. Maybe he's the successor to John Harbaugh. Who knows, but I'm excited for, Orr in this defense, I think you keep the system right. And we're kind of talking about it, right? Some of the stuff from McDonald is going to stay and be there. So just like with McDonald's some stuff from Martindale stayed with Martindale, some stuff with Dean P stayed. So, there is that element to it, but at the same time, we're going to get some Zach or twists on it. And he said, you know, physical, violent. They're going to, the team's are going to know when, when they hit and the Ravens hit. Those are things that it's stuff that Mike McDonald had, but Zach or is going to going to bring up that intensity level. Now that McDonald didn't have it, but Zach or is going to bring up that intensity level by a very, very wide margin. But that's all I have here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe here on YouTube, subscribe here in audio form as well, wherever. If you're watching or listening. I really appreciate you. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, on Instagram as well at Chaos Shucker 34. Trying to build that back up. Coming up tomorrow, more Ravens content. Stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.